Well, it's over, and we are here to clean up the wreckage. Is the wrong turn of is the wrong phrase. We're here to uh, assess the assess the damage. Is also the wrong phrase. I'm Spike Eskin. This is the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com. Here we are, the morning after, and I have to tell you that that first round was probably the most Sam Hinkie long-term deal first round we could have possibly had, right? Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's we we talked. Did we talk about that scenario? I feel like we did. We might. I feel like we have to have because I. I mentioned it in like in real life. I feel like yeah. we all did. So if we didn't, we were we should have. So let's just give ourselves some credit and yeah. say we called it. Say we called it. Well, it's funny. I was in. I had uh, two fellas at my uh, at my house last night. We were watching it, and after it went Wiggins Parker, we were we were all like. What are they going to do? And we're all like, they're taking Embiid. Like, clearly they're taking Embiid. I think we were all resigned to they're taking Embiid. So once that happens, I think I called, like, when it got to Boston, I was like, Sarich. And it wasn't Sarich. And I looked at both of them, and I was like, we're drafting Sarich. And they're like, no, we're not. And I'm like, there is no more Sam Hinkie scenario than drafting two guys that one sh- assuredly is not going to play for the Sixers next year, and one seems like at least half likely is not going to play next year. I was like, they're taking Sarich. I said, mm-hmm. I'll bet you guys both a dollar they take Sarich. Oh, so, got a dollar out of it. So wait, so so we draft Alfred Payton. And mm-hmm. first of all, we'll get into all this, but MCW's reaction was hilarious to uh, the Alfred Payton pick. <laughs> I felt for him. Um, And then they're like, I'm like, ah. Oh. I owe you guys each a dollar, so I throw two dollars out on the couch, and the trade gets announced, and I look at both of them, and I just give them the like the 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 finger pointing toward me that I want my money back, <laughs> and I got the money back. It was just, it was, you know, I'm in a Too good, perfect. I'm in a good place with it now, but it's it was very Sam Hinky, and it was, you know, it was, I think, on some level, a lot to swallow in that we talked yesterday about just you know going through all that was last year and not being able to see a guy really probably this year is you know sort of you can be my feeling is this you can be totally good with the pick and also also be sort of bummed that we're not going to see these guys for a while yeah that's what uh kyle newbeck wrote something about that i don't know if it's up yet but this morning it's pretty much that exact thing um and i can i can see that i wrote like the opposite of that this afternoon, I can see that, um, but I still am too big picture guy to really worry about it. And um, I don't know. I I think there's some people like the bit gets in the way sometimes of like, okay, so what do you actually think? Yes, because like, yeah, for sure, that's like a Sam Hinkie first round, but like, I think we should just sort of just call it out to make sure that no one actually thinks this. I think he didn't take Embiid and Sarge because they yes. aren't playing. Right. He didn't do like it that, to lose next year. You know, right. yeah. there, was, there was tanking next year. Like it's just not, it's not the goal. Be, being bad next year is certainly not like the goal. It's, it's a byproduct of what, they're going to do so it's going to happen they're going to be bad but it's not it's not like okay so we got to draft these guys so we're bad next year also right right got it yeah that's not that's not the deal they just took the best player available at both spots and uh i'm i mean listen we've talked about this from the from the beginning is we don't know anything about medicine <laughs> you and i yeah. don't so uh I was worried. I'm worried about it. I'm still going to be worried about it. But if the Sixers felt good enough to take and beat a three, and Jake Dvorsky reported that they're they just weren't as concerned that it was. I think I read something about like it just being like a really bad like stubbed toe. Like no. that's something I read. You, you know I what? Drunk? I got fooled. Did I actually read that or was I just? I don't no, know. I got fooled by that. I I 
I took silly me. I took six minutes off of Twitter, and yeah. I I missed the the Woj report that the Sixers hadn't really traded up for number one, and it was uh, uh it, it was Uttenberger from seven hundred level, and yeah, he was okay. and and he was being like sarcastic and he was okay. like and mb didn't re- yeah and i was like i was like really <laughs> bad toe stuff to i was like wait, yeah wait a second i was like this oh, is man. the greatest thing ever i was like yeah um but uh, and it came out uh, right after the draft and tomorrow's going to be great and then i i backtracked and i realized i was like oh fuck <laughs> you know so there, oh, let's there's so many things that happened yesterday that like I just didn't have time to process. There's so many things that just went down. Oh my god! Um, All right. Yeah. So, so, so Sarge and Embiid, like, and Sarge wasn't taking like, okay, great, he'll be in Europe. We don't have to worry about him like making us too good. That's not. That's not it. That's not it. Yeah. It's just the idea of like, we're the most patient franchise in the NBA, and we're willing to wait on the best talent. And so Embiid was the highest upside pick at that point, and Sarge was the highest upside pick at that point. And uh, I, have no, I have no issue with it. I just, I just don't have any issue with it. Um, we'll see, you know, how Embiid's health turns out, but if it turns out that he has to pretty much sit out almost the entire year, uh, then fine. Like, he's got the biggest upside in the draft. It's worth waiting for, and uh, I'd, I'm really excited to to see what the hell an Embiid Noel front court would look like. That would be so much fun whenever it happens. The so. the one thing I wanted to um, to make sure you know, and we'll we'll figure this out as we go along with the the podcast in general. But one of the things I want to stop addressing that there was another NBA podcast that I used to listen to that I feel like did this all the time and I didn't want to do it anymore is like, I want to stop addressing unless it becomes a huge deal, like the obvious opinions of people who wouldn't listen to this podcast anyway. Like, (laughs) like, you know what that means? Like, like I don't want to talk to the people who are like, we need Doug McDermott because we need to win next year. Like, like, you know that we need people now. Like I, I am pretty sure that our, like the the growth of this podcast will eventually hit a ceiling in that the people who believe things like that will never never listen to this podcast. I, I agree with you, but yeah. here's the thing: like, and it's not like if Doug McDermott was the guy that they thought. If like they think he was like McDermott is a stud and he's the guy I want, they wouldn't not take him because he's going to be too good next year. That's that's the idea. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And people yeah. these are and like Bill Simmons sort of keeps saying like, well, that's great. And they get to keep being bad. That's not a consideration. Yeah, that's that's the byproduct of it, and it's going to happen. They're going to be bad, um, and we'll talk about how bad later. Because I actually don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. No, well, they but, can't be, right? I right. mean, everybody will be better, and they're adding more players. I mean, you just have to figure MCW should at least be marginally better, and Noel will be there, and Hollis Thompson will be better, and you know, I you know, I I'm I'm optimistic that. You know they'll win twenty three games. So. You don't. You don't know how good it makes me feel that Hollis Thompson was your third person that you brought up. <laughs> it makes me feel spiked. Like that's the nicest thing you ever done for me. So l- let's talk about the. Um, There's well, so I, many I, things to talk about. Yeah, I was sitting. I was sitting up last night at like I'd already been blogging for like sixteen, seventeen hours. Because after the podcast yesterday morning, I just stayed up, and then just like started doing doing my thing and it was just like me in front of my computer for 16 or 17 hours and like I'm just dead like I don't know how much I have left in me um, but there's so many things I want to write about because there's so many points of intrigue yeah in this draft well here's the one point of intrigue is that one of the gentlemen that was at my house yesterday brought his his father works for Mars the candy company and I guess Mars owns like whatever company makes combos so Stefan brought over these combos that are not released yet to the public. Th- Great. That are pretzel combos with vanilla frosting inside instead of cheese. That sounds pretty uh, awful. No, no, no. Let me tell you, the sweet and salty, like, 
Let me tell you, it was the snack version of French fries and the milkshake. Let me just throw it out. Yeah. So, so they take, well, and let me just say my thought on, on taking Embiid, like, (laughs) you're jumping from, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very tired too. Like I was up until, you know, one and got up at four. So I'm, I know it's not as early here, but I'm still running on the same sort of fumes. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm like, if you had told me you get to make the pick, at, here's here are your options. You can pick, you can trade three, ten, thirty-two for one, or you can just take Joel Embiid or or anyone else you want at three. I would have taken whoever else I want at three, and I would have yeah. taken Joel Embiid. Like he, here's the thing about risk that people keep talking about. Like, aren't you afraid that this is risky? He's hurt. You can't look at risk as like a singular thing in a vacuum. There's also a risk that Andrew Wiggins never figures out how to dribble in traffic. There's also a risk that Jabari Parker never gets in shape. And and it's hard to really like quantify what the dangers of each risk are, but the mm-hmm. job of the GM is is to do your best to quantify like upsides downsides like in very basic terms a pro and con list. And the biggest yeah. pro to me to Joel Embiid without knowing the, the medicals of anything. I just don't know. I have to hope that they do. And clearly yeah. there is a risk, clearly. But the ri- the basketball risk of Joel Embiid is, you know, everybody talked about Jabari Parker being the most sure thing in the draft. Uh, maybe. Uh, on, I don't know what that means. I, I would think that if healthy, Embiid is the most sure thing in the draft and, and, has, and has the chance to be the best player in the draft. Uh, the best chance to be the best player in the draft. And I think that's pretty much unquestionable. So if the only risk to Embiid is whatever this health thing is, and and they've determined that that is a risk that is worth taking, then could they, could he have a stress fracture every time he steps on the court? Absolutely. But all of these other guys, you know, Dante Exum may just not be able to play with real competition, never figure out how, like, there's risks for everyone. So I would have taken Joel Embiid, and I was, that was, with getting the third pick, even with the injury, that was the best possible scenario for me. So, um, so that's, that, that being said, I gotta say, I know it was the broadcast delay or whatever, but the, the Embiid face after them picking him, was a classic moment in Sixers history. history <laughs> as to me as it was happening, I was like, no, come on, it's a delay. Like, yeah. Come on. Just like, all right, get there. No, I mean, just like, I saw it becoming a bigger deal, like with each passing millisecond. Yeah. And it was brutal. Yeah, it was hilarious, you know? So, so, um, I, I, I don't know. So, I, what else? <laughs> this are, I don't know what to go on to next. Saric? Well, Do we talk about Saric? Do we, like what? You get, give me something. Carry the podcast uh, for a minute. I, th- I think it's just going to be like with Embiid. I think they're just going to like we've done this before. This is the third year. This will be the third year in a row. Yeah, we have we're, we have a high upside big man who's going to be sitting for a while. Um, maybe it's till December. Maybe it's till next season. But um, they're just going to take their time, and there's no reason to rush. And I know it sucks. I know you're like people are for sure upset about that, but like you go for the best player available. The Sixers are not a team where they have the luxury of being like, all right, well, at least we got this guy. Yeah, so yeah. We don't need to pick anybody else like that. Because I mean, I I think Nolan Smith is going to be a hell of a player, but we don't know yet. He hasn't played a game, so we can't be like, no, we can't take we can't take the highest upside player in the in the, in the draft. We already have this guy. Can't do it. It's not a sure thing yet, and you just you, at this point when you win 19 games, you just go best player available. That's it. It's you can think about other stuff. You can think about other stuff, but really at the end of the day, it's like, hey, who do we think the best player is going to be? Oh, it's Embiid. Injuries check out. All right, sweet. Yeah, the one. Um, it's you know, I'm I'm really worried about the injuries. I, I I have to not because it's like, well, they know they know better than I do. I don't know anything. So, Mr. Greg Oden, max contract over here. My how things know, have changed. Dude, I know, I know. It's, it's my whole life has been. You're like, scarred. You like. It's my, whole, my whole life has been like hoping large men are okay. Yeah, you got you got cheated on, and you just you, you never want to date again. It's it's no, sad. You're I just didn't. staying in playing Xbox. It's like you're living my life, <laughs> but without the fiance. Yeah. Um, hey, 
Just keep tweeting pictures of her, bro. Just rub it into everybody. Let me tell you something, bro. You know you got a good girl when you text her at 7.30 in the morning and it goes, hey, I need you to put on the hinky shirt and text me a picture, a selfie so I can share it with the internet. And the reaction is, okay, give me five minutes. That's a win. <laughs> you know, that was a win. So, what, what, I, I had my uh, Andrew Bynum jersey on, obviously. Yeah. What, you, what, what were you wearing? Of hey, course. What you wearing? What you wearing, girl? Uh, I was wearing her... We each had a, the smallest shirt they made. The smallest hinky shirt they made was a medium. So she had uh-huh. a medium. So I wore her hinky shirt last night, and I'm wearing my hinky shirt today. So great hinky great. shirt yesterday, hinky shirt today. I also got one of the. This is pretty funny. I got one of the like the Sixers sent out packages to all 76 draft parties, and I okay. got my hands on the the wind the like the window um, like cling sticker that you're supposed to put on like your window if you're one of the official draft parties and I put it on my front window outside. Right. So my my house was officially a Sixers, one of the Great, 76 man. last night. Great. I wonder how many people showed up to those things. Yeah. I can't imagine they were successful. Well, I'm, I'm sure some, one guy tweeted me, I'm the only, I'm at Miller's, I'm the only guy here with a hinky shirt, which was pretty uh-huh. hilarious. I don't know. Maybe some were, maybe some weren't. I admire anyone who decided to go and do it for themselves. So, you know, I was hanging out with two guys and I had a, a great time, as good a time as I had that night. So, you know, it was, they were Easy. a success. Whoa, that's a, that's a, that is certainly a statement. Well, the combos were there. And yeah, but, I bet, I bet the you didn't have any zingers, did you? Nope. And I had buffalo chicken dip last night. But I didn't have any zingers the night of the party either. So yeah. I was too busy meeting and greeting. So Yeah. I had a couple of friends over and my buddy brought wings over and I just like couldn't touch them for like the whole first round. Like I was like too busy. nervous. I was immovable. And I didn't want to get like wing fingers on the blogging hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there with the yeah, eating and that. eating and writing yeah. at the same time. Exactly. Uh sorry, so Sarge at 12. Let's talk about that trade. And I'm going to write about it soon because it's maybe my favorite thing ever. Like the, the, the length to which Sammy has gone to just completely redact Doug Collins from this organization is so perfect. It's like, he's doing it for me. Yeah. So nice of him. So the trade was, and if you're not familiar, the trade was at 10, the Sixers were up. Last minute, the Orlando Magic called them and said, hey, draft Alfred Payton for us, and we'll give you some extras and 12. I don't know why, because like Denver would not have drafted Alfred Payton. That's my thing. It's like Denver had Ty Lawson. They probably, like, it's really, like, probably wouldn't happen. But maybe they knew that Denver pick was for sale, which it ended up, like, maybe... Maybe and and maybe like clearly somebody spooked them into doing yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So drop off two picks. Okay, so so to basically the Sixers flip back two picks, got to take the guy they wanted in Sarich, and picked up a 2015 second round pick, which is the Magic's. I believe it's the Magic's. They they haven't said some other things, so I'm assuming it's the Magic. So. That's going to be a pretty good pick in like the high thirties or low forties kind of yep. thing by by next year, um, and got essentially got the pick back that he traded to Orlando in the Bynum trade. So that that pick was for 2017 because yeah. of the deal that they had sent to Miami. No, sorry, uh, yeah, to Miami in the Arnett Moultrie trade of. That feels like a really long time ago. But yeah, they're in a multi trade. So basically, that's extinguished. The entire Biden trade is extinguished. So the only the only thing the Sixers have left of the books right now of terms of owing picks is if they make the playoffs this year, which they won't. If they make the playoffs this year, yeah. then a first round pick goes to Boston. Right. And if they don't, then it becomes two seconds. A, a two thousand fifteen second round pick which the Sixers just basically got from Orlando, so that, that's no harm done, and a 2016 second-round pick. So that's it. They essentially canceled it all out, like, and and moved back to just get the guy they wanted anyway. It's, it's amazing. It's brilliant. I have no idea why Orlando offered it. It's nice of them. Yeah. But I guess they just really wanted Peyton, which is cool because I like Peyton. And, and it was really fun fine. for like, the few minutes that we had him. Yeah, this and like, well, why not? watching him try to get his hair and that hat was awesome. Oh, so 
so good. Yeah. He's, he's super cool. I hope he has a good career. Like, as soon as Keith Pompey tweeted that MCW was there, I started panicking. Yeah. I was like, no. Why would you do bad. that to him? Yeah. This is bad. Who told him he could go? Who let him go yeah. to the draft? I, I, I don't think they ever were going to trade him. I think if it came around, they would have. I, I never thought that. It just never seemed like there was enough value. Well, and let me tell you something. I, I, he clearly didn't think he was going to get traded, or I don't right. think. It, but let me tell you something else. After they talked to Alfred Payton, he didn't know what the hell was going on because he yeah. clearly. When you ask him, do you think? First of all, I, I don't know who that reporter was, but like that's balls to ask him that. I, I yeah. give him credit to say, do you think you're going to get moved? Um, but he said, I don't know. Yeah, it was the right answer. Uh, yeah, and that was, you know, that, that was that was real. That was a real that was a real moment and a real answer yeah. there. So um yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, I wanted when we had Peyton for a minute there, I was excited that we had Peyton. You know, I only learned yeah, about just, him in the last never made sense. Yeah. Like, listen, I have no I have no issue with two with two running a two point guard lineup. And I think at some point like that's gonna maybe happen. But He's, he's. I mean, he he's the exact opposite person you want running with MCW. Like he's, yeah. he can't shoot, and uh, he turns the ball over too much, and they just wouldn't work well together. It'd be fun as hell, but no. So well, that trade is perfect. Real that quick, perfect, and then it's great. What's that? Just about two point guard offense. I think you know what's been happening in the NBA is just in general is that positions in general don't even. Or exist right. less and less. 100%. So when we say two point guard offense, it means less less that it's a two point guard offense and more that two guards do both. You know, more that it's a double yeah. combo guard offense. And yeah. you know, so I'm just throwing it out there that it's just a continual evolution. Like neither everyone points to Eric Bledsoe and why do I always forget his name? The little Gordon Dragic. Yeah, yeah, but neither of those guys are really, you know, quote unquote pure point guard. Neither one is Rajon Rondo or Chris Paul, you know? They're both. Mm-hmm. So, um, are we going to sign um, Eric Bledsoe, do you think? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I was just throwing it out there. I was just... I haven't, I haven't thought about the agency for a second, so okay. it may be, but I don't think so. So, um, yeah. I was, I'm surprised. So, so we got Sarge, and it's like, all right, two years. I think he comes over in two years. Would you have taken um, anyone else? Would you have done anything else at ten, given what you know the circumstances were? Um, I I would have tried to trade back. Um, I know Denver ended up trading eleven for for uh, sixteen, nineteen, and a second round pick, a future second, and I would have done I would have done that trade. I like Sarge a lot, um, but. I at that point I didn't have him, I, I didn't have him like so so much higher than a couple of those other guys that were about to fall. Yeah, and I was like, let's get two more of these prospects, throw some wings in there, and uh, and like get get a team ready. Yeah, and they were just like, no, nah, we're just gonna take the best player. Like I I I think at that point I was like I was I was a little too con- I was concerned about fit. I was like, Sarge isn't the ideal three next to a, I mean, it's just the, the fit is sort of clunky at this point. Well, and let's be, let's be real. We don't even really know, like there's a solid chance that, that Embiid, Noel and Saric don't ever play together. Not because Saric doesn't come here or because Embiid never gets healthy, but because maybe Saric has a great year in Turkey and becomes a, a, a ridiculous asset and they, trade his rights like it's just about yeah. getting guys now so exactly. i'm not worried about fit at all no i'm not i'm, I'm not worried about it yet but but at this but at this point yesterday i was like i was i was thinking about it and it was something and i saw all the players that were still available i'm like i like those guys i want those guys instead. and uh like getting something along the lines of like a uh i, w- I was already targeting kj mcdaniel so dressing kate we'll get to we'll get to that but I really like KJ McDaniels a lot, um, and uh, so I was excited about like the opportunity to draft two wings in the mid first and make that trade happen. But uh, they got the guys that thought it was best, and uh, I can't hold that against them. 
for a second, I thought they were trading Peyton to Sacramento for. I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to be. That's what I thought too. I thought that was the Thad trade, and I got excited for a minute because I like Stauskas. But um, and I was like, oh, somebody that'll play this year, and they're like, nah, no, 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 no. So yeah, and and I thought that there was a, there was a report that happened earlier that Sacramento and and the Celtics were talking about a Ben McLemore trade. Yes, yes. And then when the when the Celtics took Marcus Smart, I'm like, oh, that's that's Sacramento. Yeah. And then when the and then when Sacramento took Stauskas, I'm like, there it is. It's, gonna, it's just gonna basically going to be uh, Macklemore for Smart, and then it'll be Macklemore and Rondo on the Celtics, and Smart and Faskus on the Kings, and then they didn't make the trade. Yeah, it doesn't really. I don't really see where the those are going, but okay. You know what I mean? It's like all right. Well, I guess they're just gonna have two. The both teams are having logjams. Anyway, we can talk about the other NBA draft for the rest of the time. Yeah. We got to keep going with the Sixers. Yeah. Now, before we go to the next Sixers thing, I would like to talk about probably the most entertaining, best part of the draft last night when Absolutely. when the Toronto Raptors selected the Brazilian Blark. <laughs> like, the, I well, here's the deal. Here's yeah, the deal. Yeah. So you went to bed. Yep. Uh, earlier than I did, I stayed up because I had to keep going. Right. I got a call. Uh, from my spy in Croatia. And by the and way, he, spies are scouts in Croatia are called spies. Right, right. Yeah. So I got a call from spy in Croatia. And he said that they had to move Blark to Brazil because the Croatian government wasn't letting him out. So like in the so that they picked up and moved like the Baltimore Colts to Brazil made this whole backstory for him and then put him in the draft and he slipped to 20. He slipped all the way to 20 because they didn't people didn't know who he was. How did they turn him into a black guy? It was really serious. Well, no, Blark's always been black. Oh. Yeah. So that's he's, that's he's sort of, those, of the mystery. Yeah, he's, there. he's one of those guys. Ah. He's one of the ones the far one you're like, "Oh, I thought he was white." No, no, no he's black. Like so John B. Like, I always like, thought he was white and black, like and he ended up being white. Uh, R&B singer in the 90s. Some of the listeners okay. will get it. Great. Um, wow. How about so that? Falls, that so makes sense now. And Toronto just, just, just gambled on that block upside. I got to tell you, Fran Fraschella's quote, two quotes, that he really doesn't know what he's doing yet. <laughs> he really doesn't know how to play basketball yet, or something to that effect. And... <laughs> He's two years away from being two years away. Is we're both they were legendary. Yeah, they were gr- really. Legendary. Wait, where is the the quote? Hold on, I gotta find his quote because I wrote it down. Um, he really just doesn't know how to play yet. Twentieth <laughs> pick in, in a good draft. <laughs> he doesn't know how I, to play yet. <laughs> it was just ballsy as hell. Like good for Toronto, just being like, hey, this guy isn't his wingspan like seven. Nine? It's something seven, insane. Seven? Yeah, and one guy, one uh, one tweet I got was, uh, the next pick is going to be the KD of Luxembourg. He's going to be five <laughs> years away from being five years away. And that made, I um, laughed for 20 minutes at five years away from five years away. <laughs> uh, Danger Guerrero tweeted, uh, <sighs> he, the, oh, I forget who it was, it was like, it was like someone St. Tahoe, who's like the, the Kevin Durant of, uh, Morocco. It yeah, like it was it was tremendous. Yeah, you could really do, you could do that for for hours and hours. Yeah, <laughs> just that joke won't get old. No, like, no. The the Celtics doing like a wicked smart for Marcus Smart thing is gonna is old now. It hasn't even happened yet, and it's already old. But yeah. like that deal is for hours and hours. I I I can't like I I think there's a lot of times in wrestling. There's a lot of times where you're like this guy needs like three months off because I'm sick of everything he does and I like him, but I'm sick of everything he does and just give him a rest. And when they give him a rest, like, and they come back, everybody's like, oh, I missed you. That was great. This is what I like about you. I, I need a, a breather from Bill Simmons. I just like, like, the, the, I used to think it was sort of charming that he still liked the Celtics so much, but like the fist That's pump right. last night, I just, I need a, a Bill Simmons breather I need a I need a Jalen Rose breather for like ever, but the Bill Simmons breather, I just I need a breather, man. 
I it, mean, it was just it's just bad. It's yeah. bad. And I bad like stuff. I like I'm a you know, I I need a breather. So <laughs> so let's get to the second round. Do you would you say? Well, I'm I was oh. I was just really surprised and I I, I want to know we're never going to know. But I I I was very surprised they didn't trade back into the first round in yeah. some regard. Um some teams did it a little. Um I just figured it would be like, uh, hey, package two of these second rounders, move up, take the guy you want. But I guess at 32, it was like, we like a lot of these guys still. I would have been really, if, they, if Kyle Anderson fell to them, that would have been really interesting. Because, I mean, another not worry about fit at all, but that, that just would have been interesting for me. But I love, I love the Cajun McDaniels thing. I love it. I had him uh, 15th on my board. Um, the, he's just perfect for the Sixers. He's just he's super athletic. He runs really well. As a small forward, he block. I guess he played like the he played just four also. But as a forward, he he led the ACC in blocks. And uh, or the ACC just a team. I don't know. He was incredible. He's a complete just hound on defense. Uh, super athletic. Plays above the rim will be really fun to watch in transition. And and we, we, at Clemson last year, they didn't have anybody else to really give the ball to. So he he the past two years has basically been like the de facto like go to guy. And that's not his game, but he's had to do that. So he's come up with like interesting ways to score. Like he's really good around the rim, and his numbers are down a little uh, jump shooting wise because he has to suited off the dribble because there was no one to really like give him the ball. So I think when MCW and whoever else is on the team um, let him just basically like space the floor and like he can flash but also like just sit in the corner and hit like threes. I think he's a more athletic uh, Quincy Pondexter. Well, Maybe the- not as good of a shooter right now but a more athletic Quincy Pondexter. And I think he's going to start at the three right away. Sixers. Well, what about Hollis? What does he start at the two? I do. I started. I started Hollis at the two, and okay. feel good about it. Well, let me tell you the the comp. To me, here's two funny <laughs> funny thoughts I had about uh, McDaniel's. First of all, is I mean the comp sort of he sort of seems Iggyish to me. Yeah. 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 Um, which I'm good with. And the other thing was like, hmm, six six wing, good at defense, like. So we got Wiggins. Okay, I'm good. Let's go. Like, remember, I don't watch very much college basketball, and I've never seen this McDaniel's kid play. So I'm watching YouTube of him, and I'm like, yeah, Wiggins. All right, I'm good. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I was, he's, he's I was like, definitely like I, he fell a little bit because of some like workout stuff, um, which I don't know what they were, but he just all of a sudden was like, oh, his stock's falling. But like, he was a consideration in like the late lottery, and like. At least earlier in the draft season, people were like, "Yeah, he's outside of Wiggins, he's the best athlete, and like he's essentially like a, a poor man's Wiggins." It's not like it's not unreasonable to think like upside is is pretty high. I don't think he's ever going to be as, as good good enough of a of a creator, but um, I think he's going to be a, a, a good player for a long time. I'm really excited about it a lot. I love his YouTube, bro. Love his YouTube. Yeah. Love his YouTube he's, he's, almost as much. As, almost as much. Yes. He, well, I just wanted like, I wanted a wing guy. Like, yeah. you know, just like a wing guy. Just give me yeah, a, a wing, wing guy. A wing guy. Give me one wing guy. Our, our, you, you got him, man. You yeah. got him. And his YouTube, almost as good as Dario Sarch's three-point celebration YouTube, which is like... I, with. Had you not seen that before? Never. And, like, dude, the, the oh, hair God. thing and, like, then the, into the Jason Terry sort of yeah. thing, is it's amazing. God. It's the best. And his... Yeah. his He's going to be so obnoxiously fun to root for. His presser was awesome. I know all about Sixers. Like, no, the <laughs> Sixers. Like, did the European... I know the soccer thing. I know all about Sixers from <laughs> PlayStation 4. Come on. Give me this so McDaniels good. kid, too. Uh, yeah. We had a theory last night that Sam Hinkie's end game is actually not to build a championship team. It's to, at some point, find a way to acquire every second round pick in an upcoming draft. 
um, just to maneuver and maneuver and maneuver into he has acquired every second round pick in one That's NBA. The dream. Yeah, that would That's, be amazing. That is the dream. Yeah. So, all right. So next. So well, this guy from to, Syracuse. I have to pour something out the, for Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh yeah, to. you wanted that pretty bad. I'm so sad, man. Like I would have taken him over McDaniel's, um, but like very happy with McDaniel's. Um, and I was like, oh my god, he's getting a 39, 39, 39. And then he fell to those fucking Pistons, the Pistons ripping my heart out again. I don't know that they would have taken him at 39. I'm going to say that they would have because I have to. But, man, that was so close to happening, and I would have felt, I would have, you wouldn't have been able to talk. You wouldn't even get me on the phone. I'd be too happy about the draft. Like, you, I wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't answer the phone. I would too be smiling. It's, he would have been perfect. It would have been great. What could have been? I still believe they'll find a way to get him. Um, I'm sorry that didn't happen for you. Well, I'm actually, I'm going to be, I'm not really all that sorry because you would have been like super annoying about it. So, really, really. Um, (laughs) And those guys are better when we, like, the existence of those guys, I feel like for you, are better when we don't get them. Because then they leave. The love and loss. Yeah, well, then they live in that, like, that world of yours with guys that actually aren't any good, but. You never uh, have to deal with them, so <laughs> yeah, the Joe Alexander world. Yeah, world. it's better, um, Kendall. So they end up with uh, Jeremy Grant instead, and uh, I'm a Syracuse uh, fan, as you uh, kind of still a little. Yeah. Um. So I've watched a lot of Jeremy Grant play. Um. He's just it's just great value at 39. Like he's got a, he's got he's certainly raw in a bunch of ways, but. Uh, if if you're talking about like okay, hopefully we can find a trade for Fab before the season, and we can talk about that too. I don't know if they will, but he's a perfect Fab replacement. Like, there's not many things that he does. Like, he's longer than Fab. I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's not many things that he does right now that Fab didn't do, like when he first came out. So like, I, I think their upsides are comparable. Um, I don't think he'll ever become a good jump shooter, but like as a guy off the bench to just like defend multiple positions and like get out in transition and like bang on the offensive glass and just get get in the way of things is going to be great. He's just that's, just that's such a solid pick at thirty nine. I know a lot of people didn't like him. Kaborski yeah, uh, yeah. and Fisher are not fans of him, <laughs> and I wouldn't have been at obviously at ten or as a trade back in the first round, but at thirty nine. That's just. I think he's just. I think he's got too much. There's too much value there to pass up. So even if he doesn't pan out, but I think he will in in like a nice. I think he'll carve out a nice like seventh or eighth man role. Uh, and that's at, at 39. I think I think he's. I think he's for sure an NBA player, which is what you want in the second round. Nah, I don't like his YouTube. Next. Okay. Yeah, I. I just. I'm not. Yeah. I. You know what. I'm just, I'm not big on Syracuse guys and the pros in general. Like, I know. you know, I just he played, he played with MCW though, so like that's kind of nice for me. Like MCW, hey, you had a really you won Rookie of the Year, cool, but I know you're still bummed about last season. Hey, we got we got your old friend. Like we got him. I'm sorry that didn't work out with James Sutherland, but like we got Jeremy Grant. Like, all right, you, you excited about that? All right, you excited, buddy? Like, are you excited? Like that, like that kind of thing. That's that's how I imagine Hinky <laughs> talking to MCW like that. <laughs> Like he's All right, three. So moving on. I'll, I'll keep going. I'll, All right. I'll keep riding this out. I'm big on this Pierre Jackson thing. Like that. Definitely know who yeah. he is. Um, like D-League phenom Pierre Jackson. All in on that. That's fun. Hope he's on the yeah. team this year. He's, I think he will be. I think they, I mean, they traded him in the, in the Drew Holiday pick, uh, trade last year. And I, it's really, it's like there's like a nice like circular nature of it. That like, hey, both of the same Hinkies drafts. Pierre Jackson was in the trade, and uh, and he's just a, a, a nice energy guy off the bench. Uh, he's he's gonna come in. I think he's like just exactly what you want in a backup point guard. He can create, he can shoot, uh, he can bounce around. His name's Pierre. Uh, he went to Baylor. I love Baylor guys. Always have, always will. Um, and he can't play any defense, so <laughs> that's what you want in a backup point guard. Get He's buckets. Play, play a couple minutes a game here and there. Nate Robinson. Just give me, just, I want, go in there and get me, I like it. I like little yeah. guards that can score. Give it yeah. to me. 
Give it to he, me. He'll give it to you, bud. Yeah. He'll give it to you. I like that. And then guy. so we keep we keep piling on. Wait, real quick, um, real quick. Guy named Pierre, awesome, and I'd just like to reinforce that at some point we need like a guy on this team that is black and also sounds like Daniel Johns from Silver Chair, like Dante Exum. Like I'm not going to rest until we have an Australian guy that isn't white. Like we, it, it is it, like Dante Exum opens his mouth, and all I hear is the guy from Silver Chair. It is awesome, Australian I, accent. We need it. Make it happen. Come on. So I I love Dante Exum. I love his accent, and I'm currently I've never seen Lost before, and I'm I'm oh yeah season season one of Lost. So yeah. I, he opens his mouth, and I hear Claire. Claire. So I'm like. I'm like attracted to him in a really yeah. weird way. So All right, that's my own. That's my own issues. He's also he's just like a nice, handsome man. Like, but like it's perfect. He's gonna be great. I I wish we had him. I wouldn't have minded drafting him over Embiid, but just for the accent and the, just like him being nice. But Embiid is the coolest guy, also. So. All right, next guy. Florsarjar Maltalovic from Serbia. Uh, no, Mitchich. Oh right. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I've been saying like Vasilye. Yeah. That could be it. Um, Rich Hoffman, uh, Liberty Bellers had a Pimp Your Prospect series where we all just took guys that we uh, un- are unnaturally fond of in the late first, uh, second round. And uh, and I took Spencer Dinwiddie. And uh, Rich Hoffman took Misich. And um, he just he's just like a rangy point guard that just like is smarter than everybody else in the court and makes the right passes. Uh, I, I wouldn't be like super surprised if like he, he's the guy that just kind of like, Oh, he's coming over this year. Oh, wow. Like they're saying that the initial report was like, yeah, it'll be a couple of years, but like I have a weird feeling that he'll just like come over. And Lars- like, hey, I'm here. Sorry, John Malarsevic. What? I'm sorry. Oh, is that where he's from? <laughs> no, I just keep saying his name incorrectly. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm loopy. I'm, I, know, I apologize. I I'm being bad. I'm being bad. I'll continue. All right. Oh, you're good. So yeah. and so he's uh he's just a fun point like a fun long point guard that'll like sort of like dip into the paint and like he's got a little Dragic in him also and it's hard to say because he's a white foreign guy. That's that's a shitty comp to make, but he sort of just like makes the pass, uh, leads the break like slowly. Uh, he's going to be a fun. Hopefully, he comes over, and if he's like a just does his thing for a little bit, like he'd be, he'll be cool. Like he's cool, he's cool. I'm I'm in on him being cool. And then uh, at 54, they drafted his like friend, also from uh, Serbia, and then it was like, hey, almost from the same team. That's pretty interesting, Dangubic, and they traded him to the Spurs to take. Jordan McRae at 58, and then they also moved the 60th pick, which is nothing, because it's the last pick in the draft, to uh, to Brooklyn for some cash, because, you know, they earned some cash at the end of the day. Well, and, um, you know, why why not get some cash if, like, if any, you know, you can just go get anybody who's yeah, not there at this point. Exactly, so. and the cash you save, like, probably helps you, like, just have more camp invites kind of thing. I don't know how that works, but I'm assuming. Um and Jordan McRae is a, a two guard out of Tennessee, super long, seven foot wingspan for a two guard is pretty cool. Um, he's athletic, and he can shoot a little bit, and he can score in a bunch of interesting ways. Not really a good defender, um, although he's long enough to sort of get that together. Um, he's he's out of everyone, like he's the best scorer right now that they drafted, which is interesting because they got him at fifty eight. Um, and I, I don't know if he'll end up making a team, but he'll he'll fight with those uh, like Elliot Thompson, James Anderson uh, guys, and just be like, all right, let's fight for these last few roster spots, and maybe he turns into something. I don't know, Jordan McRae. You never know. Tennessee, yeah, could be. And uh, oh, they announced that Scotty Wilbekin is going to play for them in summer league, which is fun. Who? Uh, uh, Scotty Wilbekin, he's the the Swedish guy on Florida University of Florida. Yeah, uh, point guard. I'll 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 look up his YouTube. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so yeah, so that's the draft, man. Like that's that's what happened. Uh, you want to spend the last little section talking about that? Yeah, uh, real quick. I also want to say that I just want to speak for you know. I just bought season tickets, and uh, 
you know, I bought season tickets right before the actual lottery and uh, full season. And I would like to say, as a season ticket holder, that initially, like, the the Embiid-Sarich combo was a bit of a punch in the gut for yeah. somebody who just, you know, paid a lot of money for 41 home games this year. But mm-hmm. I do think of it as an investment, and uh, I would understand, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I wouldn't, uh, what's the word I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't give shit to anyone who... Um, saw this draft and was like, I don't need tickets this year. Like, you're right. You know, like they're gonna, they're probably gonna stink again. And um, I get that. I understand it. But like, I, I'm just being honest that like initially I was like, oh, nobody. And we talked about this yesterday. So, um, but I am yeah. hanging on to him, and I do think, uh, you know, it doesn't. One interesting thing about the draft is that it doesn't really change the timeline. Like it, it really doesn't. I, I still think like that 2016 ish was gonna be the year. That yeah. you know that they really start to show what they're made of, and I think it, mm-hmm. it's still probably the same. So, well, the, the coolest thing—they've they, always said three to five year rebuild. So yeah, this is essentially the second year that we're going into, and right. it's amazing. It's already amazing how fast it's been. Yeah, I I think because it's like everything got torn down. The only like vestige is pretty much Thad and Jay Rich. I don't think Moultrie's making this team, and uh, hopefully they trade that. You know, before the season, but um, it's like it's it's gonna it's gonna take three to five years, and now they don't have the added weight of okay, well, when we make the playoffs, eventually we're gonna lose our pick. That's not gonna happen anymore because they're not making the playoffs this year. We'll talk about what happens for aging because he comes along, but I think I think twenty five wins is gonna. I think they're gonna be like okay, like that that wasn't embarrassing, um, and they'll be like a you know four or five uh, pick in, in the draft next year, and. Uh, I think it'll just be, you know, this is according to plan. Like, this is what it was going to be always. And they're just going to keep drafting the best player regardless. And eventually it's going to work out. Like, that's – but if you keep abiding by draft the best player and you trust your scouting department, you trust the analytics, then it's going to – it's just, like, eventually going to work out. So I'm good. I'm feeling great. Yeah, now as for Thad, I think, you know, who knows, but I think what we've – really learned being what we've learned by Turner and Hawes. And even though that is better than both of them is that like the value is probably just not very high. And I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think for sure it's not very high. Like obviously because they wouldn't have not traded him if they were like, we like, we like this deal, but like we don't want to say that because they want to say that for the, for his proper price. And I think they're just maybe maybe being a little stubborn at this point, if that's the case. We don't know what the offers were. But they're like, they're not going to trade that for below market value until they have to. Um, so maybe he's, there was offers on the table and they were just like, weren't good enough. Which I'm like, okay with. I'm, I'd rather not just move him just for the sake of moving him. See if, it, see if it's someone wants him either before the season starts or if someone really wants to throw something their way at the trade deadline. I don't know, but um, the the fact that they're Sean Yosel or Sean, who's a Liberty Ballers commenter, um, who's been around forever, uh, commented last night. Just because there's, there's I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but the absence of a trade doesn't signify the absence of trade value. I, I think it, it means you know he's obviously not. They obviously didn't find a trade that they liked, so they don't think they got they would have gotten proper value for him. But that doesn't mean it doesn't mean they're trading him for you know a protected second round pick next year. You know, no, but it doesn't so. not mean that either. Right? No, you're you right. know, like whatever. I like I'm not saying it's it's a you're you're right. Like I'll go back on what I said. I'm not saying that it is a um it is a final word that he's not worth anything, but like, Mm -hmm. I think if they could have gotten, you know, let's throw away anyone who discussed Thaddeus Young alone for a top 10 NBA first round draft pick was never going to happen. Crazy talk, lies, rumors, spreading rumors for no reason. It's just shitty. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that that value. I I think it's just the state of the NBA. Well, but but that is his value. I don't think so. Well, yes, it is. Yeah, it is, obviously. It obviously is. But I'm not saying like 
in a vacuum, guys as good as like Martin Gortat went for a first round pick. Yeah, but 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 right, but Martin Gortat has has more. I would argue has more. First of all, they were super. You know, that was situational. I think in in some respect there, but but like Gortat has more. Like has a, has a, a better like a guy like Gortat is more rare in the NBA than a guy like Thaddeus Young. Like Gortat has more value than Thaddeus Young does. Um, I would say, especially um, for a team who needs a guy like that. Like who needs like that? Who needs Thaddeus Young? Like I could say we need a seven foot rim protector. I could not say we need whatever Thaddeus Young is. But just to wrap up what I was saying, I think we also probably learned like I would. I would hazard a guess that Thaddeus Young is was also in this draft not worth like twenty one or twenty two either because I I would again I'm just guessing but I would guess that if he was worth that they would have done that. I think if this was two thousand six, Thad Young would have been traded for uh, a mid first round pick. But it's not. That's what I, think. I know. No, I know. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying like I'm just saying I know it's not mid two thousand six. Thank you. Uh, it's just a matter of like especially the past couple of years. And leading up to this draft, especially, teams have gotten so protective of first round picks and so protective of not giving up future assets for short term gain. I feel like everyone, the league's just getting smarter in that regard, where they're like, the, the guy we're going to draft, we have him for four years at a cheap deal. Bad, we'll have for a season, maybe two, at like eight or nine million. Yeah. So it's like, why not draft the guy with more upside? And it's like, I've always thought that. That's why I've always been infatuated with the draft and young players and potential and upside and stuff. Um, but like the league was always like, you know, people still made shitty trades and like undervalued first round picks, and then not anymore. Yeah, now I'm, it's like they're almost overvaluing them. I was not trying to. I, the, the, I, this wasn't an anti Thad thing. It was just a when you look at the land, more of what you're saying. Yeah. When you look at the landscape, I'm not saying he's not valuable at all. Right. I'm just saying the sort of value he provides, given what he is, it's just like it's tough. Uh, but I do agree. It's like, well, if you're not going to get what you want for him, let him stick around. Maybe you will. So yeah. you know, they eventually got a you know. Ashik eventually got moved, you know, like maybe, who knows, maybe there's something at the trade. Yeah, I think, I think it'll end up being, uh, maybe, maybe as soon as once like the free agency hits, if Houston thinks that there's a real shot at something happening here, uh, us taking on Lynn and picking yeah. up a first round pick in the process. Uh, cause at some point, like, especially this, this summer and next summer, people are going to want to clear space and the Sixers are going to be there to welcome them with open arms. And uh, hand out asking them for Yo, a first round pick. Give me three months of insanity up in this bitch. I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah, that'd be fun as hell. That'd oh. be fun as hell. I would. I would like that. All right, I got to wrap it up. Good job uh, again. No, good, no, no, uh, no. I don't have time. I have time. We'll have no. to do two next time. Sorry. Three even. We didn't do one yesterday. Yeah. Well, yesterday I wasn't going to do one. Yesterday was it was like sort of three quarters of a Ricky anyway. So I'll I'll give you three next time. Um, I can't wait, man. Good job, everyone at Liberty Ballers. Um, you guys, you guys killed the whole draft thing. So, and luckily, you'll get to do it again next year. So, <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. So. All right, um, all right. Brazilian Blark forever. Brazilian Blark forever. See you. See, see you. Dude.